Black to Canada is sponsored by OESeducation.org. OES Education is committed to unraveling the principles, processes, and practices that serve as the bedrock of enduring individual and corporate greatness. The objective of OES Education is to help people discover the power and energy that is within them and use it towards impacting and influencing their world. Through teaching, training, and research, OES Education has helped many individuals and institutions identify their core competencies and amplify their unique gifts and potential. OESeducation.org Welcome to the Black to Canada podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Oyenaran. Now, I am so excited for today's episode because we will be discussing businessman and entrepreneur Rufus Rockhead. And I'm also very excited because I had the opportunity and pleasure to speak to Rufus Rockhead's family, uh, one of his daughters, Jacqueline, as well as her daughter and uh, her two grandchildren. So we will be hearing from them a bit later. But before we do hear from them, I want to talk a bit about Rufus Rockhead, uh, why he was so important, and his famous jazz nightclub, Rockhead's Paradise. So let me tell you a bit about Rufus Rockhead. Now, Rufus Nathaniel Rockhead was born in Maroontown, Jamaica, around 1896. He came from a long line of Maroons who fought for their independence and freedom from British rule in Jamaica during the centuries of enslavement. And we'll talk about the Maroons in another Black to Canada episode, so stay tuned. At the age of 22, Rufus sailed to Halifax from Jamaica and made his way to Montreal. And on January 29, 1918, he joined the Canadian Army and served in the infantry as a private first class with the 1st Depot Battalion of the 1st Quebec Regiment. Rufus served in France during the First World War and received a British War Medal and a Victory Medal for his service. On March 19, 1919, he returned home to Montreal, where he was discharged. Now, once back home in Montreal, Rufus ran a shoeshine stand before becoming a sleeping car porter for the Canadian Pacific Railway. And if you've tuned in to Black to Canada episodes uh, from before, you know that we've discussed the Black sleeping car porters in Canada. Now, during his eight years as a railway porter, Rufus worked the Montreal to Chicago route and ran a lucrative side business in which he smuggled bootleg liquor into the United States during Prohibition. Now, Rufus's job as a porter came to an end sometime in 1927, and also during that year, he married his wife named Elizabeth, uh, Bertie, they called her for short. Now, they had three children together, Kenneth, Arvella, and Jacqueline, and Jacqueline is who we will be speaking with a bit later. Now, let me tell you a bit about Rockhead's Paradise. 
Now, with the money he had saved from selling liquor in the United States, Rufus pursued a lifelong dream of opening his own bar and nightclub, featuring a live band, various musical acts, and dancing. It was only natural that he opened a business catering to the popularity of jazz, as most of the country's jazz music at the time was performed and recorded in Montreal. Now, Rufus bought a three-story red brick building at the corner of Mountain and St. Antoine in Little Burgundy, which was a predominantly Black community in Montreal. He turned the first floor into a tavern and a lunch counter. He converted the second floor into a dining room and then operated a 15-room hotel on the third floor. So talk about various streams of income. So even though he had all this, you know, income and, and his business and he set up Rockhead's Paradise, municipal and provincial officials were not in favor of Black people owning bars, and it took Rufus 11 months to get a beer permit. He opened Rockhead's Paradise as a club serving beer and wine in 1930. Now, in 1935, after five years of trying to obtain a permit, Rockhead's Paradise became a cocktail bar. With prohibition still in effect in the United States, many American tourists and jazz musicians flocked to Montreal, which became known as the nightclub capital of Canada. Now, I want to tell you more about Rockhead's Paradise, and especially during its heyday, during its most popular time. So Rockhead's Paradise achieved significant success during its peak years, from 1930 until about the 1950s. Although it remained a popular fixture in Montreal's cultural scene for many decades. American jazz legends such as Louis Armstrong, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Led Belly, Nina Simone, Fats Whaler, Dizzy Gillespie, Sammy Davis Jr. all performed at Rockhead's Paradise. Now, Rockhead's Paradise also hosted the likes, the likes of American boxer Joe Lewis and the Harlem Globetrotters basketball team. Now, despite a very harsh and hostile and anti-Black climate towards Black people in Canada, as well as the United States, Rockhead's Paradise provided a safe place for Black people in Montreal. The club also gave many up-and-coming musicians, most notably famed Canadian jazz pianist Oscar Peterson and Oliver Jones, the opportunity to hone their musical skills. Now let's pause there and let's welcome Rufus Rockett's family. So his daughter Jacqueline, her daughter, and her two grandchildren will be speaking to us, sharing with us their memories of Rufus and the impact he made, as well as the legacy that he left behind. Let's welcome them. So thrilled today because I have some very special guests with me on this week's episode. So I'd like you all to please introduce yourselves. Anyone can go first. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go first. My name's Umpire. I'm Jackie Rapier. <laughs> go ahead, Grandma. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm Jackie Rapier. I went ahead. What? What? Go ahead from there. Yeah. Tell us a little about yourself, Grandma. Yeah. You know, about yourself. Yeah. Um. I'm an older person. 
I'm a, a mature person, very older, almost almost close to death. No, but you're <laughs> you're wiser. You're wise. <laughs> I like that. At least I like to laugh. <laughs> I like to laugh. I love to laugh. Oh, thank you, Jackie. And we have. I'm Umpai Tamachek. I'm Jackie's granddaughter, and I'm Rufus Rockhead's great granddaughter. Yes. Um, I'm doing my master's with you. <laughs> yes, at Queens University. And I don't know if your brother is around. Uh, Hi. Say your name for the people. <laughs> uh, I'm Sintan Tamachek. I'm 20 years old. I'm uh, Umpai's little brother. I'm uh, Jackie's uh, grandson and um, Rufus Rockhead's great-grandson. Yes. Oh, awesome. Thank you guys so much again for being here. So as my guests have mentioned, um, they are the family of Rufus Rockhead. He was the founder and owner of the legendary Montreal Jazz Club, Rockhead's Paradise. So thank you guys again for being here with me. And I want to get right into it. So any of you can answer. Can you please tell our listeners a bit about Rufus Nathaniel Rockhead, his early life, his family, where he was from? When did he come to Canada? Any information you want to share with our listeners? From Jamaica. Yeah, he's a Jamaican. Woo, 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 Jamaica. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jamaican, and he worked on the roads. Yes. He worked yes. on the roads. And yeah, it's railroads. Yes, he worked on the railroads for a long time. Yeah, until he, until he got his until I don't know he got his got his money from that way working on the roads and going getting it from the states the, the money from the states yes. that he sold into the states and he got the money and he got the money and he was used it to buy a club a nightclub. Yes, and he called it Rockhead's Paradise Cafe. Yes. Cafe. I remember reading that uh, when I was doing my research on him. Oh, yes, I remember. But very smart and, man. <laughs> and over here, mom, come here. Mom, standing on a camera um, is <laughs> Rockhead's granddaughter and our awesome. mom, Carol Rapier. Yeah. Oh, so nice to meet you. Thank you. <laughs> well, nice to be here, I imagine. Yes. Um, <laughs> what year was Rufus born and what part of Jamaica? Do you guys know what oh, part I of Jamaica? I don't know. I wish I knew what part of Jamaica he, what, he came from. Okay. Hey? I do know. It was a really hard part of town. It's a, it's a part that's hard. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a part of town that's even today. Does, does Maroon Town sound familiar? Yeah, it's Maroon Town. Maroon okay. Town. Again, through my research. <laughs> that sounds sound right. Yes. Um, Do you know what year he was born? Oh, gosh. It's, no, I, I know. know it's in his 80s when he died. Yeah. I think but I read somewhere 1890s or so, maybe. Oh, yeah. For when he was born. Yeah. Any other information that you guys want to share about his early life before... Well, he, he he worked on the roads for a long time. Canada in the munch the the roads in in uh, Toronto in uh, in not Halifax. Hey, okay? Montreal. In Montreal. Montreal. Okay. On the road. Okay. Yeah. 
And then afterwards, he settled in Montreal and opened his club. Um, Paradise Cafe, yes. Yes, yes. Um, what about his time in, uh, again, I researched, but uh, his time in um, the army for World War One? Yes, apparently so. I didn't know much about that. Okay. Um, I was born, um, but I don't, I certainly didn't know. I didn't hear about it when I was little. I don't know much about it. Yeah, I know he served a, a bit in World War One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he wasn't he wasn't a speaker. He wasn't somebody who loved to speak and loved to talk about himself and things of that sort. Mm. Basically, quiet. Okay, all right, to himself, quiet. There is a, there is a photo of him in his World War One uniform floating around. I think my brother has it. Oh, a photo of him in his World War One uniform. Oh, okay. Photo of him in his World War One uniform. All right, I'll have to do some more research and see if I can find it. Yeah. The copy of it, I think. And oh. he was working on the roads, and so it was. He had. A, he must have a picture of when he was working on the on the on the roads, the Montreal roads. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing to see. Um, so his club, Rockheads Paradise. I know it was a very famous club. Yes. You guys want to share anything about any details that you know about the club? Big shots came to it, like Charlie Parker and and the the girls. Um, a lot of big names came to this club. Yes. There. Um, I think I read Oscar Peterson. Oh yeah. Got to start there. Was born in the same place. He was born in Montreal, very close to to um, to uh, his club. Yes. Yes. And I think, uh, who else? Billie Holiday, maybe. And um, oh my gosh, Fitzgerald, Ella Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald? Yes. I think I was doing some research that a lot of big names from the States came um, to perform at his club. Yes. Awesome. Anything else that you guys want to share about his time opening up Rockets Paradise? No. No. I think we covered everything. When I was little, I couldn't go there for drinks. (laughs) Definitely definitely not. No. (laughs) I think the family family used to talk a lot about the club being closed. I Mm. think the prime minister, his name was Duplessis. Okay. The prime minister, for some reason, they closed down the club. I remember when I was little, everyone talked about how Grandpa would sit on the sidewalk in front of the club and mm. go in because it was locked. Wow. And I'm not sure why they locked it down, but they locked it down for a bit and then it reopened again. But there was a time when Grandma used to say that, that he would just go to the club every day for work and he would just sit on the sidewalk in mm. front of the club with the chains on the door mm-hmm. and then he'd come home. And then finally the government reopened the club. Do you remember that? Oh, no, I don't remember that at all. I, again, I think, yeah, I think I was doing some research, something about, I don't know if this was later when it changed um, ownership or something, um, but there was a time, y- your mom's right, where um, the club kind of shut down and then it opened back up again, finally. But I think huh? something perhaps government regulated, you know, not from change of ownership when it went from my grandfather to my uncle, mm-hmm. grandma's brother, 
No, to, it went to, yeah, it went to um, from Rufus Rockhead to Kenny Rockhead. Yes, yeah. That's no, I mean earlier. Like earlier, okay, okay, all early, right. Yeah, it was locked down by the government. The government shut it down. Oh, okay. The prime minister shut it down for some reason. Hmm. I think what I, from what I read, he faced a lot of discrimination when he was trying to get his permits and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with issue. it. Yeah, it was like a permit issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Grandma, were there black people in the club and white people? Did black people attend and white people? Both. Definitely both. He was not prejudiced in any way. Mm -hmm. He allowed no everybody to come in. Yes, there was no sign of anything, any mm. criticism. And he was a Black Jamaican. Mm -hmm. Which is important, especially at that time, right? When yes. segregation was, you know, so popular, so to speak, in the States and even here in Canada. Yes. So that's really good that he could open it up to everybody who wanted to attend. About the nightclub, but what about the cafe? Can you tell, can you tell our interviewer about the cafe? Yes, yes. Oh, do you remember anything about that? You could probably go in there. Well, I, I, I could go in the restaurant. It wasn't, didn't they sell soul food? Yes, he, he did do soul food. He did do soul food. He made soul food. Although he didn't do it at home, in his home where he lived on Convent Street. But he did, did do it in the restaurant. And I wish he had done it at home, soul food. It yeah. would have had Jamaican. Yes. Food, you know? Yes. So he was Jamaican. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice, nice. How was your house from the club? Oh, just a block, say about 10 blocks away. Oh. It wasn't all that far away. Not it was far. Close. Okay. Yeah, it was close. If you weren't, if you weren't allowed in, were, was your sister or your brother allowed to go no, in? No, because they were bored after me. I was, I was the first bored. <laughs> so, so no one was allowed to go to the club? No, no. Not even when there was a big name? Oh, no, I wasn't allowed to go to the club. That's even as, a, as a, an older person, I wasn't allowed to go to the club. Mm. For some reason, I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to do that. Mm. My father wouldn't have me do that. Do that. No, no, he just wouldn't. I was well protected from things of like that of that mm -hmm, sort. Mm -hmm. I was well protected, period, mm -hmm. from everything. Yes. Yeah. So even though your father owned a club, you weren't yeah. allowed to go in a place like that. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was well protected. Mm. More so than I needed to be, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all think that when we're, you know, that age, we <laughs> think we can do anything. <laughs> well, your oh. a hard worker. He was a hard worker because he worked on the roads, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when he stopped working on the railroad. Oh, wait, yeah, when he stopped, we went to the club. Was he a hard worker? Was he, was he ever home? He came home. He came home and um, I had a few words with my mother. And um, ate at home and then left and left home and had nothing, took a taxi. He was the third man who wouldn't take the streetcar mm. uh, to his club, which was only maybe 10, 10 blocks away. Mm -hmm. But he, um, he took a taxi there. Was he fastidious about his clothing? No, he wasn't fastidious about his clothing. Was he fastidious about your clothing? No, 
not, not at all. I would no, not at all. Not never thought about it. What about your mom? Did your mom like that her husband was a nightclub owner? I suppose so, but he, she, my mom didn't talk about it. You know, mm. she was she was a, a light skinned black person, but not from not from Jamaica, from from Montserrat. 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 Okay, so the Caribbean island of Montserrat. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Grandma's mother was extremely fair. Mm. Very, very fair. And very beautiful. Well, so they say, yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure she was. Okay. So grandma was also a huge beauty diva in her time. She'll tell you all about it. Oh. Grandma, did your, did your mom ever go to the club? No, she mm. never did go to the club. I don't think she ever went to the club with oh, wow. my dad. No, she didn't. I don't know why she didn't, but she didn't. Hmm. Did Uncle Kenny go as a boy? The one as boy? A bo oh, no. He wasn't allowed to go either. No, absolutely not. Hmm. Absolutely not. No, we were protected from, from the club and the business that went on in the club. Mm -hmm. We weren't supposed to know about that. Well, weren't you guys one of the wealthier families yes i think i think well yes daddy made money so he was able to protect us in that way oh sure was your father a happy man i don't think so oh. when i think about it i don't think he was and he wasn't a talker either he's a very silent person oh. he didn't do much talking at all but to own a nightclub, you have to have a personality. And yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? Yes. Maybe he was a different person in the club. Yeah. Oh, could very well have been, because he certainly wasn't at home. He wasn't a different person at home. He's very, 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 very strange. Very, very quiet. Very quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always thought of him as being a very dapper dresser. I always thought of him as being very tailored and yeah, I've seen, I've seen lots of pictures where he's in suits and, whole, you know. Him and my mother when they got married. I know, I remember that. Yeah, I've seen I some pictures him. floating around online. So Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, he got married and, and I went, no, she was in her wedding dress, mm -hmm. quite beautiful. And, uh, and he got married then. And he, you know, he was a nice man, but... Silent, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very silent, really, mm. not at all, not outrageous at all in any way. Mm. So I wish you were, but he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like me, I'm like that too. <laughs> very quiet. Wow. Without much to say. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So much information. Is, is there anything else you'd like to share? He was short. He wasn't tall. He was, like, oh, he was. I don't know where I got my height from, but I know my father. I didn't get it from my father. He was a short man. Oh, okay. Jamaican man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Um, do you think? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Ampai. Oh, I was just going to say, do you think that grandma loves music? Music is her life. So I was going to say, do you think that your love of music stemmed somewhat from your father and being around that culture, jazz, and growing up and not at the club, but having that near you? Mm -hmm. it's probably, that's what made it you love jazz. To do with it. 
with, with it probably because yeah. he owned a club and he he hired people to come from the states. A lot of people mm -hmm. um, from the states came to his club to sing. Thing like um, what are the clubs of people? Um, Alice Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think Louis Armstrong. And certainly Ellen Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, yeah, 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 yeah. I wish I had, but I didn't do it. I was very little then. I didn't, I didn't, didn't hear anything about it. But I, I guess I could only see or hear what I could, what I allowed myself to hear. Empire's talking about it. Imagine that. She's here <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah. No, that's yeah. funny. So I guess one more question that I thought of um, mm -hmm. just on the top of my head that I even want to know is, Grandma, in what ways do you think that his legacy has lived on? What kind of influence do you think that he's had um, on the Black community, on music? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? No. A positive one. Hey. Here, I'm, I, think she, I don't think she heard you. Could you uh, repeat oh, the question? Repeat the question. So, yeah. Grandma, <laughs> are you there? Grandma, what do you think? Um, what do you think his legacy was? What was your father's legacy? What impact did he have on music, on culture back then, on jazz overall? How did he influence the world? Well, he 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 he. He's a man, he, he loved clubs and he loved, I know I remember going into his, his, his club in, uh, underneath in the tavern, they called it a tavern, he would have a tavern. I remember going into the tavern and where he sold um, liquor and uh, he and he used just doling out, but I didn't get in any of course, I was supposed to be protected. I was about, I was the good little kid who was protected from all that awful things like clubs and, and <laughs> liquor and no, I wasn't so, no, I was famously protected, too, too well protected. Amazing. No, no, I, no, I had to take it easy and, and be a good little girl and be sweet. Okay. And that's what I was. Yes. More so than I needed to be. <laughs> and I haven't changed from then. Here it is nine years later, and I'm still the same little girl that I had that I was when I was two. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's mom, amazing. Mom, are you still there? Hey, mom. Yeah. Um, can we ask you the same question? What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Um, all I know yeah. is that if you go to Montreal and you talk to anyone who's, you know, my age, 55 and above, they all remember Rockhead's Paradise. Any Montrealer remembers Rockhead's Paradise. If I ever have to call the government and say something about my mother and say her maiden name, they'll always say, I went to Rockhead's Paradise. Mm. So, you know, whenever you talk to someone who's, you know, over 55, white or black and you say rockhead they all have a memory of rockhead's paradise mm -hmm. maybe grandma doesn't have a memory of it 
But if you talk to anybody on the telephone, anyone, and you say Rockhead, Rockhead, that she's Jackie Rockhead, then people always have stories about Rockhead's Paradise. And they always have great memories of Rockhead's Paradise. And there's also, there's also that uh, grandma will tell one story, her brother Kenny will tell a completely different story, and her sister, grandma's sister, Aunt Beller, will tell a completely different story. There's mm -hmm. three children, and whenever there's a story to tell about anything, be it grandma, be it grandpa, be it Rocket Paradise, they each have completely different memories sure. of what happened. Yeah, my and little my little sister was a tiny, it was a good, she was a good little girl in that she was bright, she was brilliant. She had a good mind. And Kenny, Kenny did what, what his father, what his father wanted him to do, Kenny. And he did, you know, he used to take care of my dad. Mm -hmm. And um, he'd pour the wine and do, and do the figures, the, all the figures that needed to be done to get the, the club going. Kenny would do it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just find it so interesting that the three of them have completely different stories mm -hmm. about, about everything. Sure. You know, they're not so far apart in age. Yeah. But they see the world from very different eyes, the three of them. And there's yeah. no reason why we shouldn't. And, and they'll all say that grandma was um, excessively spoiled. That she got, you know... Too much so, I think. She was excessively spoiled. So grandma doesn't say that. But uh, she had a very um, high kind of living, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, she had all her clothes were beautifully made and beautiful dresses and beautiful hair, beautiful shoes. Ooh. She never had to touch the ground. Ooh. And yeah. Aunt Bella and Uncle Kenny would say they didn't have it as great as Grandma did. No, they didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know why I was protected in that way, but I was protected in Maybe that way. protected means not spoiled, but... Spoiled, spoiled. yes. Spoiled. Really. When she says protected, she means... Spoiled. Highly spoiled. Yes. So what, do you, what do you think um, great-grandpa had to do with that? <laughs> he wanted that. Yeah. He wanted that. He didn't want anything different. I was his special daughter. I, I was his special... The yeah, firstborn. I knew that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he used to come into my bedroom at night when we were sleeping. He'd come in and he'd always say hello to me, mm. you know, give me a kiss on the cheek and tell me hello. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I was a special one. I'm the one, I was the one who was special. I don't know why. <laughs> But I was. Oh. <laughs> they, used to have, they used to have appointments at Eaton's. And they would ah. models come out in dresses, and grandma would be able to pick from these models who walked up and down for just her and her mother, and she would pick dresses, and she had this excessive wardrobe and wow. had beautiful dresses, always the newest items, mm -hmm. the newest mm -hmm. beautiful coats and earrings. Yeah. Always the latest. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's the hard work of your dad and your mom. And um, just what struck me when I was researching um, yes. Rufus was first that he was Jamaican, <laughs> but, but that he, he came over and he, you know, he was a sleeping car porter and, um, you know, he, he was able to make money while doing that. And 
really took the money and decided to start his own business. Yeah, he sold he sold liquor in the state. Yes, yeah, sold liquor when it was not supposed to happen. <laughs> but made that money and opened Rockhead's Paradise, and it was so legendary and um, just a, a really great businessman, I think, and sounds like a wonderful man just in general. So yes. but also um his service in the war gave yes. him the citizenship to Canada. Yes. And, and yeah. my father, who's from Grenada, he mm -hmm. got his citizenship by fighting in World War Two. Yes. And my grandfather, he Rufus Rocket, got his citizenship mm -hmm. by fighting in World War One. Mm -hmm. yes. Both my father and my grandfather both became Canadian citizens mm -hmm. by risking their lives. Yes, the yes, yes. And especially again at a time when black men and black people wanted to serve Canada and you know Canada didn't always want to accept black men into service. Um, so yeah, it's just I when, think when go my, ahead. When my father served, they said for him, you serve in the war and you can choose. You can either get a university education or mm. land. Okay. And my father saw that these plots of land were like horrible plots of land. Sure. So he took a university education and my father went to McGill. Ah, okay. And so for my grandfather, I don't know what the offers were. I know for my father, it was land or education. Mm -hmm. But for my great grandfather, um, maybe it was just citizenship and a couple of bucks. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I wonder what the offer was for my great grandfather. Mm. But they made some sort of offer. Maybe it was just citizenship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fighting in the war it was a horrible thing. Yes. For my father, it was horrible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, my great, but, but apparently, those, you know, in World War One, the black soldiers had to do horrible things. Like yes. Building yeah. Bridges and building those um, like, collecting mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the dead, doing some horrible. Yeah, weren't allowed to, you know, carry weapons, so they had to do so many other dangerous yeah. things. Yeah. you know, in the field. Yes, yeah, in, in a no man's land, just mm -hmm. to get citizenship. Yes, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I don't want to keep you guys, um, but this has been so wonderful. I, I'm so honored and privileged to first have met Ampai and just getting to know her a bit and then um, getting to speak with you guys. It's Sweet always, girl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Like, I, I wrote this article about, about Rufus and then to meet family members. It's like, oh, my heart is overflowing. So, Rufus Lennison Rocket. Yes, I, I just want to thank you all so thank much you. for your time and for telling um, the listeners about uh, Rufus Rocket and Rocket's Paradise. Have you ever heard the name Van Easton? I haven't. <laughs> I don't know where they got it from, but the, they, that Jamaicans probably know it. I don't know it. I'm not Jamaican. I'm just from Jamaican. Mm -hmm. A Jamaican. Yeah. But, <laughs> but so maybe you can but, get in touch with um, Van Easton. I don't know that name, but I remember it. I don't know why I remember it, James Van Easton Rockhead, but I do remember Van Easton. But I've never heard that name anywhere else. So it's not something that I'm making up. It's something that, that goes with Rockhead. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe you can talk with my cousins, Dean and Martin Rockhead, who live in Montreal now. Yes, oh, I do. Somehow talk to yeah. Dean and Martin Rockhead, who, you know, lived with Uncle Kenny, who took over the club. Ah, you know? okay. They would probably get a lot more information since they are still in Montreal right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Awesome. Now, wasn't that so amazing to hear from Jacqueline and his and Rufus's family and just to hear their memories of him and and just the legacy uh, that he left for them? Um, Speaking of legacy and significance, I just want to leave you with a little bit uh, more about Rufus and why he's so important and um, what he did at the time, you know, opening a business and a a jazz club and creating just a famous jazz club that people are still talking about and know about today. So as mentioned, and as we've heard, Rufus Rock had immigrated to Canada at a time, again, when the country was restricting Black immigration. And I know you've heard me mention this before in in previous episodes, and I do promise we will do uh, an episode on Canada's immigration policies. But he came at a time when Black immigration, um, you know, was just really not welcomed and wanted. And he settled in Montreal, um, a city that disapproved of people Uh, specifically Black people, owning businesses. Now, not only did Rufus create a thriving business, he also nurtured the careers of many young Black musicians who did not have the opportunity to showcase their talents elsewhere. Now, Rufus Rock had passed away on September 23rd, 1981 in Quebec. In 1989, the city of Montreal memorialized Rufus by naming a street after him, and the street is called Rue Rufus Rockhead. And this street is found in the Little Burgundy neighborhood of Montreal. Now, I hope that you've learned um, so much about Rufus Rockhead. I hope that you enjoyed hearing from his family, um, his impact, his influence, his legacy. Um, And I hope you just took something away and learned something about Black Canadian history. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Black to Canada.